In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. Support Black Podcasts. Coming to you from the Loudspeakers Network, it's Fan Bros, the premier podcast of geek culture by geeks of color. Fan Bros sets itself apart from other podcasts by not only breaking down what's current in geekdom and fandom, but examining things through the lenses of race, gender, sexuality, and cultural differences, particularly how these are handled or mishandled in mainstream media. Fan Bros provides a unique perspective for a largely unrecognized audience. So join DJ Ben Amin, Kimson, and of course the Grand Duchess of Tech herself, Tatiana, every week on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any place and every place that you get Fan Bros. Brought to you by the Loudspeakers Network. And remember, support Black Podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special... Look at you. What are you doing? I'm trying to hypnotize him. Hypnotize him? Welcome to a very special Facebook Live edition of The Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Uh, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, Wednesdays, 8 to 10 p.m., G-Town Radio. Yo, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, hey, do we look, are we going to look at this the whole time? No, we don't have to. We I was going to say, can we just show? sort of talk and... But, but, but we're talking to but them But we're talking now. right now. Okay. Introducing right. them okay. to, to this, because this is new. It is. They're, they're actually going to watch the sausage get made. We hope somebody watches. Hope somebody watches because the sausage. actually, you know, there's like about four or five different online things about Black Panther going on tonight at the same time. I did not know I'm that. I'm not going to advertise what they are. And you shouldn't. Because I don't want anybody turning off. That's right. But there are like about four or five other things. I was like, yeesh. Yes, yes, yes. And I was like, get out of here. Get out of here. You know what I mean? But we are bringing you a very special. We are. Facebook Live review of Black Panther. Yes, sir. Mm, starring Chadwick Boseman, Michael Bay Jordan. Yes, I heard you, Charmelle and Jordan. Uh, Angela Bassett, Letitia Wright, Denai Guerrera. Guerrera. Yes. And uh, Lapita Nwanga. Lapita And Daniel Nwongo. Kalula. And Daniel Kalua. Yes. And Forrest Whitaker. Oh, yes. Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. With a very special appearance by Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown. Of This Is Us. Which is probably a good moment to interject. This will be spoiler filled. Oh, yes. So if somehow you are a person who has not seen Black Panther, I don't know, maybe maybe you just got out of prison. I don't know how this works. 
understand we yes. will be discussing details of the film. For all you Andy Dufresne's out there who just got out of Shawshank, this is spoiler. Yes, yes. We're going to spoil the hell out of it. Yes, but we first, are. first, because this is, first and foremost, this- welcome to my kitchen. This is my kitchen, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we record the show every week. And hey, there is uh, there's Sierra, <laughs> who usually comes tipping down, tiptoeing every week while we're doing the show. She comes down to get her oodles and noodles um, and usually a beer. And then she likes to go upstairs. <laughs> uh, the beer must already be upstairs, That's so she right. came for the oodles and noodles. <laughs> I think she puts the beer in the oodles. Puts and noodles. the beer in the oodles and noodles. Yes, that's and then with the powdery stuff. Right, right. You mix it, and that's how you make it fancy with the powder. Yo, you know what? You want to talk about fancy? Okay, I okay. do. All right, this is a nice little segue. Okay, because um, this weekend, yes, uh, Lily Trouble, okay. and I are going to your house, yes, for a dinner party. Yes, you're actually having a dinner party at your house. Yes, I was watching. I, I don't know why this was on on at work. Lethal Weapon 2. It had just gone off. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I'm right, like, oh right, my God. Right, right, right. Credits. But immediately following it, did you know that Valerie Bertinelli, once of once a, uh, One Day at a Time, mm-hmm. uh, has her own cooking show? Here's the funny thing. I did know that. You did? I did know that. We are two old men. Yes. <laughs> so, I actually did know that. So on, on her, and I just, ha- I just happened to watch it because I was like, oh, my God, it's Valerie Bertinelli. <laughs> right. Which is what one says when you see her. Because, I mean, because it's Valerie Bertinelli. Is that Valerie Bertinelli? Because she's freaking adorable. Man. Right, right, she's right. She's like the world's most adorable woman. Plus, why is she on the television in 2018? Well, God, look, man, no. See, now, one day at a time... Well, while that was the 70s, she did have a show on TV Land like a few years ago that ran for a couple of seasons. See, Something now you are doing three, old man old, stuff. Three. Now you are doing old man stuff. There's no one on earth under the age of 60 who watches TV Land's original programming. <laughs> See, you take your Metamucil, and then you sit for a while <laughs> while everything settles. Wait a minute. <laughs> and it's like between, it's like commercials for reverse mortgages and term life insurance. Like, it's a whole bunch of stuff where it's like, why do they think I'm going to be dead in oh, 10 years? Wait a minute. Well, hold up. <laughs> hold up. Hi. <laughs> I'm Alan Thick. <laughs> Have you been thinking about a reverse mortgage? Looking for the right time? It's like, why is Alan Thick trying to sell me a reverse? What am I watching? Hold up, hold up. In fairness, <laughs> the show, which was called Hot in Cleveland. <laughs> we are still talking featured, about TV Land featured, original like, program. Four of my favorite actors. Yes. Valerie Bertinelli. Uh-huh. Jane Leaves from uh, <laughs> Frasier. Uh, Betty White yeah. <laughs> and the and the criminally underrated Wendy Malick. I lo- I, I love all four. Okay, <laughs> you can get like your Tom Life series where they've collected the Bob Hope show. <laughs> no, it's, it's the Jack Benny. Show. Right, you can get it on DVD or VHS cassette. 
I have the Jack Benny shorts. <laughs> I do. I like Jack Benny. I have the Jack Benny TV show on DVD, and I have the Jack Benny radio show. Hey, man. <laughs> claim it. Claim it. Claim it. Oh, my God. Claim it. It's all right. I say all this to say, <laughs> as people are tuning out of Facebook Live, right. even as we speak. I think we're talking about the Black Panther. They're talking about old white women. <laughs> I say all this to say. That on Nelly's cooking show, yes, she showed where you could take a bag of like um, like that party mix, like crackers and stuff, yes, and you take oodles and noodles packets, like the flavor packets, sprinkle it on there, and then bake it for like about ten minutes. Wasn't that like the original Chex Mix recipe? Like I thought oh, that, was that, like when they did the <laughs> Chex Mix, they before. put the stuff on and then they bake it. I never heard of that. Yeah. I, I only saw that when Valerie Bertinelli, Valerie Bertinelli taught me. And so I was going to bring that to your party. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't bring that. Maybe a bottle of wine. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. A nice red. It's, it's right. Nice with, some, with the Chex Mix. Some shrimp right, flavored right, right. Chex And by red, you know it's black people so you got to bring Moscato. You don't want no Arbor Mist? You don't want no Arbor Mist? No, no, not no, good no, enough for no, you? no Arbor Mist. You too yeah. bougie for too Arbor Too bougie, Mist? like I said, just the Moscato. Okay. All right, anyway. <laughs> well, well, at least Robert Monroe's still probably watching. Um, so we we do have emails. Yes. And, we're, and in response to our uh, 100th episode. Our 100th episode. A lot episode. of people thanked us, and, you know, and celebrated, we thank, thank you, us. Thank you, and thank all of you. Thank each and every one of you. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really dope. Um, let me get this Valerie Bertinelli stuff out of my way. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Don't let. Don't make me start singing, Vince. I'm getting off of it because I, I know I do know the words. I know you. Um, do. We were speaking about how The Wiz was not originally a children's movie, right? Well, right. At least we didn't think that it was a right. children's movie. However, Nikki Webb wrote us and said that as an educator of children, I show The Wiz every year. I work with children with special needs, grades uh, K through 8. Oh, My wow. second graders loved it last year. They even asked to see it a second time a few weeks after I showed it. Classic must-see movie, hands down. Very nice. That's cool. Now, I would have thought that for second graders, there would be some parts of it might be a little bit too terrorizing. I thought it was horrifying when I was like 10. So, yeah, so I there was you go. Really yeah, very nice. Uh, we also heard from MC Picket Fence. Hey, what's up? Uh, Peace Vince O and Len, a.k.a. the Bat Triple, a.k.a. the Destroyer of Childhood Memories. (laughs) Not that I disagree with your review of The Wiz. I think you killed all the right parts. But to agree with Vince, this is still a must-see movie, and it is etched in the culture much more than Sister Act 2. You know, I went along with the Sister Act 2 thing. I try and be a good host, and, and, you know, I know Charmel, that's her jam. But, yeah, you know. I go along with it. MC Picket Fence. I continues. agree with MC Picket Fence. He says he has two. I have two kids, eighteen and fourteen, that would never sit through Sister Act Two, but they love, love, and he put in two loves, two loves, love, love the Wiz. They often fight uh, for the DVD and love to pop it in on long road trips. Nice. That's a good road trip movie, actually. The Wiz. The Wiz. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because you know, you're singing the songs. Right, right, you sing the songs, and yeah, absolutely. 
I see it. I can see that. Yeah. On to the Black Panther. On to the Black Panther. And Forrest Whitaker's accent, which, <laughs> we, which we had a bit of fun with last, yes. last yes, week. Yes, yes, we did. I think, I think the sense that he was supposed – I got the sense that he was supposed to be the mystic of Wakanda. Yes. And he was summoning Robert Guillaume's <laughs> character from The Lion King. Oh, that's – that's terrible because that makes a lot of sense. It does. Anyway, I love the podcast. I can't tell you how many people I share each episode with. Thank you. I know my homie Greg Sims loves the Facebook group. Keep up the good work. Signed, MC Pickett Fence. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's very, that's very nice. Appreciate that. A great it's deal. funny when he says about how he shares the episode reminds me. Uh, when we met Richard Ng uh, at Wakande. Yes. And he had mentioned that <laughs> your voice almost became a ringtone <laughs> from the episode where you say, say it, Vince. Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> he said yeah. he almost he, made he that he did. his ringtone. Yeah, yeah. That's, so that, that's that that's that's cool that you mentioned that. I actually uh, thought about that. Um, and continuing on to Black Panther, take us into our Black Panther review here. Aaron Fry, hey, what's up, up Aaron? And said that in the Black Panther, the arm that Ulysses Claw was using was that a prototype for Bucky's new arm? It was never mentioned, so I'm just assuming that it is. I don't know. I, I know in the comics he has a sonic arm, and I thought it was just a play on that. But it's, that's what I thought. It seems like it might be connected. It could be. You know, our Facebook group, uh, as um, MC Pickett mentioned, is where people are having a whole lot of fun. Yeah, They're going in there, and as we mentioned last week, they left a lot of comments in regards to yes, face, uh, Black Panther, especially Robert Monroe. Of course. Um, but uh, Bougie Square Society asked yes, the question, yes. what do you all think about reviews of the Black Panther celebrating Killmonger and saying that the Panther yes. was kind of weak? Well, I think that is something that we have to talk about in the in our review. In our review proper. We will talk about that in our, Absolutely. In our review. But there was an interesting story. I'll give Robert some props for this. There was an interesting story um, – that he posted about the Afrofuturistic, excuse me, Afrofuturistic designs yes. of the Black Panther. Yeah. And I thought it was very cool because um, Ruth Carter, who was the uh, one of the lead designers. Yeah. And if anyone gets nominated for an Academy Award, it should be her. Like, I think there are more people that should. But if she doesn't. Yeah. It's you criminal. know, it's 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 ridiculously criminal. She talks about, um, and I thought this 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 shows you how how in tune they were with what uh, what they were doing, mm-hmm. the entire crew of this film, uh, and how seriously they took it. Uh, she says to imagine the fictional African nation of Wakanda without the influence of the Dutch, the British, and other 
colonizers. That's right. That's Ms. right. Ms. Carter borrowed from indigenous people across the continent. During six months of pre-production, she had shoppers scouring the globe for authentic African designs like the traditional stacked neck rings worn by the uh, Dibele women of South Africa. Textiles were sourced to Ghana, but many African fabrics are now printed in Holland. Ms. Carter rejected those. I wanted to create the fabrics and I wanted them to feel very superhero-like, she said. Yeah. Cool. So she actually had a 3D printer. Well, well, you know, I I mean, you know, we're going to talk about it, but I think from top to bottom, whether you're talking about the costume design, whether you're talking about Chadwick Boseman discussing his his accent mm-hmm. that he came up with, whether you're talking about the, the 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 sort of sensibilities of everyone there, I think from top to bottom and left to right, everyone involved was very deliberate in envisioning an Africa that had not been touched by right. Europe, right? And and it shows. It does, and it shows, and and you know, I think. I think that's part of what makes this unlike anything you've ever seen. Yeah. And, you know, we'll talk about the quality, we'll talk, but just visually, I do think that this is a set of imagery that I've, I've never seen on film before. Like, you know, people have maybe written about things and you can imagine it, but it's, it, it, it really, it really is, is an amazing visual feat. It is. So, so without any further ado, I mean, let's just get into it. Let's get into our review of Black Panther. So this is a part where if you listen to the podcast, we're going to drop in the trailer. That's right. And usually like me and Lynn will like eat ribs or something in between. No, usually actually what happens, Vince sings. Then I'll sing and his own version of the trailer. Get a whole bunch of profanity out. You yeah, know, this, is say, when, this is when Blue Vince. Yeah, I'll before. say a whole bunch of crazy stuff, kind of clear my throat. So you want you want to clear your throat for the? No, 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 no. I'm just why, why why rob them of the experience? You know, They're watching behind the scenes. Well, I don't know how much. I don't know if we're supposed to be Facebook cursing live, on you Facebook can, Live. Facebook Live, you can like, say whatever the you, you want. Just oh oh. We'll see what if what if the children are listening. Well, too late. <laughs> too late. <laughs> All right. So and yes, this is where the trailer would be. I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hold up. Let's go, go, go. My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze. The revolution will not be televised. Show me my respect. Black Panther is a 2018 American superhero film based on the Marvel Comics character of the same name. 
Produced by Marvel Studios, distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures, it is the 18th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This film is directed by Ryan Coogler, who co-wrote the screenplay with Joe Robert Cole and stars Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa slash Black Panther, alongside Michael B. Jordan, Lapita Nyong'o, Danae Guerrero, Martin Freeman, Daniel Kaluuya, Letitia Wright, Winston Duke, Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, and Andy Serkis. In Black Panther, T'Challa returns home as king of Wakanda, but finds his sovereignty challenged by a longtime adversary in a conflict with global consequences. This film, which premiered in Los Angeles on January 12th, January 29th, 2018, and was released theatrically in the United States on February 16th, 2018 in 2D, 3D, and IMAX, has not only garnered worldwide critical acclaim with praise directed towards its visuals, screenplay, characters, direction, costume design, action sequences, soundtrack, and the performances... Critics consider it one of the best films set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and noted its cultural significance. It has grossed to date $727 million worldwide, making it the highest grossing film of 2018. Its four-day opening weekend gross of $242 million in the United States was the second highest of all time, and its three-day gross of $202 million was the fifth highest all time, as well as the biggest debut by an African-American director. And this film is the selection of Vincenzo. It is. On episode 101. It is, 101. Michelle Mission, what say you of Black Panther. I mean, I think a better question is what say I that hasn't been said. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. I, I think you, you know. I, I think we've we've all spent the past week and a half dissecting it and putting it back together and taking stances and looking for you. You know, what is this metaphorical love and what does this mean? And what does this say and this that and the other and you, you know, I think. As a cultural phenomenon, we, we have to talk about it and all these different things. But, you know, I think we should start just as a film. Yeah. Like just okay. as a film and, and, you know, to expand on what we were just saying with Ruth Carter mm-hmm. and, and her set design and the costumes and everything. I think one of the best decisions that Marvel made was hiring Ryan Coogler. Oh, yeah. As the director. And I think the second best decision they made was hiring him based on his terms, mm-hmm. which were I'm bringing my team with me. Right. So that this, again, looks, sounds, is different than every other Marvel movie. I, you know, I think, like you said, it's the 18th release in this sort of Marvel universe and and one of the critiques that many people have of these films and it's a critique that I've had for some of them even as someone who likes them is that it does just feel like it's just another kind of peg or another Lego very by the numbers by the numbers thing and I think this is a film that 
is a singular achievement mm-hmm. outside. And I mean, just on the plot level, except for one, you, you know, there's a passing reference at one point to Bucky. Yeah. And then, you know, the second sting, you know, the second after credits film, you see him. But besides that, I think you can go into this having no knowledge of of everything that came before. I think the direction is fantastic. I I think there there are moments where where Kugler really captures this this imaginary world mm-hmm. and makes it feel real. Mm-hmm. I think you have um you, you know these wonderful almost tonal shifts be, because you know you have a chase scene which is you, you know in my mind it was almost it was almost like something out of an anime. Oh, really? You know the kin- the kineticism of it, the colors, the 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 action. Okay, okay. Like it could have been something out of something like Akira. Okay, right. You have right. the scene in the casino, which, as many people have noted, is is you know we all talk about Idris Elba playing James, James Bond. Bond. Here it was. I think we just like we just saw a miniature black James Bond movie mm-hmm. in here. Mm-hmm. I think you have this wonderful character study. With Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger, who, you know, obviously we have to talk about from beginning, you, you know, as, as it goes on. Um, And every single compliment that people have given, I think that, you know, back to the imagery, I don't think you can actually overstate how revolutionary these images of blackness on screen are we've been talking over the past few months just about the images of these brown to dark brown women Mm -hmm. you know with with very short cuts Mm -hmm. and how they are envisioned as beautiful and powerful um you you know the, the 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 costume just everything from top to bottom i think on that level i don't know how much i have to add to what has been said yeah. about the the technical achievement of it. And I think that it is a testament to the script. It is a testament to Ryan Coogler's sensibilities as an artist and a black man that we are having these other conversations about it. Yeah. You know, so. Because he put, he made sure that all of that is in there. He made sure all of that is in there. And I don't know the last time I've been involved in a conversation as vigorous mm-hmm. about black art on a popular level since, you know, I don't even know, like, 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 you know, maybe waiting to exhale or, 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 you know, again, you think about these black films where, where you, again, you have these really, really intelligent thoughts that people have. I mean, you got a lot of stupid thoughts, too. Like, it's always, oh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people, you know, it's always people say stupid stuff. But I think the fact that people are saying something about it and that it is, you know, kind of touch this chord is, is, an, is, is, is a testament to the power of this film. And not for nothing it's not even been out for two weeks. No, this is because this is actually this will be its. Will this be a second week? This is going to be the. I mean, if if you say that it opened on Tuesday, technically you could say tonight is two weeks. Okay. Like 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 we're taping on Tuesday. Okay. So basically two weeks. Yeah, that's incredible, man. And it feels like it has just been a part of our lives. 
I want to touch on one thing that you you had mentioned about how, you know, Kugler's direction along with the cinematography and the set making make everything feel real. And, and that really struck something with me when you said that, because one of the things that uh, pulls me out of nothing pulls me out of the movie quicker than noticing the effects, right? The effects just kind of like standing out to you. And it's very easy for, uh, of all effects, if your background is more or less green screen or all digital, mm-hmm. then that usually, I can usually see that and it pulls me out. As much as I like Thor Ragnarok, I never really like sat down and like wholeheartedly enjoyed Thor Ragnarok because I felt that they were on a green screen for a lot of that, a lot of that film, which mm-hmm. they were. I'm sure there's a lot of that in this film as well, but for whatever reason, it doesn't feel that way. And then I'm thinking about when T'Challa returns to Wakanda and they break their impenetrable, you know, their invisible field, and he comes across the you know, comes upon this the the cityscape, mm-hmm. you know, which you know is all digital, right? But it does it feels so real and the reason why it feels real is because it is it, so smartly done it's not just all chrome steel and shiny and everything like that it's skyscraper that still has thatch roofs you know what i mean right there's still there's some there's uh some of the buildings even when you go into the throne room have been uh, uh integrated into the the flora and fauna of of the land you can see like the trees right. growing in the th- in the throne room um and, and that just adds to the reality as our facebook live jockeys uh, phone goes off ladies and gentlemen <laughs> um but that just adds to the reality of the scene right and, and makes you just grasp on like it, it, make, it just makes it that much more you know uh um uh, 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 tangible for you, right? Uh, that's something you can actually touch, as opposed to be something like, "Oh, that looks like a pretty picture," you know. Um, and that's what really stood out for me. And then you go into how smartly, how smart, you know, the technology is. You know, some of the technology that looks, you know, way out of, you know, it's 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 next level from anything that we've got now. Like, you know, they they got the vibranium, or I guess it's smart sand that like comes from their communicators yeah you know they've got uh, they've got the uh, uh their ships are shaped like uh, like mask or or uh or, or insects you know uh it's just everything in there is just spot on so intelligently well done well you can see that how thoughtful they were yeah. about every iota of detail of every detail because they know that that matters yeah and the more real you make that the the more real you make that universe the more real it is for your actors and thus your actors become that much more embedded in what you're doing and more invested in it i i i you know i i'm sure that most of the Marvel, the, the actors that they've gotten are pretty, very good actors. I know Absolutely. Robert Downey Jr. is a great mm-hmm. actor and everything like that. But when you see behind the scenes and you see that a lot of their acting is just done on, it's just them on a green screen. Yeah. You mean, 
none of them are Robert De Niro. And I right. don't even think Robert De Niro could pull could pull that off 24/7. Right. You know what I mean? You need some you need something tangible. Well, I think I think every single person involved with this film was on a mission. That's true. Like when you listen very, when, very when you true. listen to them when when you you know, I think we've all seen that clip of Chadwick Boseman breaking down. Mm-hmm. You, you know, talking about the the what this role meant to him, and the, and yeah. you know, and the two kids that were looking for, and you know, now I've seen interviews with Lupita Nyong'o, and I've seen the interviews, and and it sounds like hyperbole, and it sounds like you you know, it's the type of thing where where you wonder if five years from now you'll look back on it and say, oh well, they were just all caught up in the moment, but it was just bigger than than this movie. Yeah, like it was bigger than just a movie, and and I feel like we're still in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. You know, again, we're still in the midst of it. I, I know, uh, again, these conversations that people are having about it and what it meant, and you know, we're talking about a Marvel movie. I know, like right? like we're talking right. about characters that you know, me and you, I mean, we're comic dudes. Every one of these characters, like the 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 most recent character in this film, is ten fifteen years old. You know, right. talking about like Shuri, yeah, or or you know the the Dora Milaje, but most of these characters are old comic book characters, and and to take this, take this source material, mm-hmm. and turn it into something like this, and mom, like, like there's no other way to say it, like that's so black, it's so dope, like that's so black, like that's so black people, like and- you take this thing. And you turn it into something bigger than what it was when you got it. And and you have to think about it, you know, outside of Shuri and Dora, and Dora Milaje, most of these other characters that you're referring to were created by white guys. Were created by, I think, yeah. And, na- and now to have, for the first time really since... Like Christopher Priest took hold of Black Panther, like that was like like ninety eight nineties, right? Yeah, like ninety eight nineties, mm-hmm. and everybody heralds his run on the Black Panther comic book right. because he made it relevant. He made Black Panther kind of like mean something again, you know right. what I mean? Um, and then Reggie Hudlin had a run on Black Panther. He just basically made an action movie. I'm not going right. to say one way or the other, but he made an action movie. But Christopher Priest really took hold of that, right? Um, and I think it, if that may have been the first time. Where a a black man significantly took hold of Black Panther and reworked him, reshaped him. Not, I mean, know. just looking at the history of black writers at Marvel, I think Christopher Priest may have been the first black man to write Black Panther. He may have been. May have been. Like, I'm not going to say right, that maybe right. there wasn't somebody like, you know, um, grabbed it, did a story. Right, like Earl like, Johnson came in and right. did a story. But yeah, I... I don't like know how significantly many. rewrote. Yeah, absolutely. And then for then Ryan Coogler, and then Tana the Hesey Coates, just a com- and, and, just and a then complete. Coates. Right, right. True, but Tana Hesey Coates um, comes on after Black Panther has kind of like started to bubble up a little bit right, more, right? Because of him being in the uh, the Avengers and the Civil yeah. War and all I mean, that Captain America, stuff. Yeah. So that yeah, they and they and they they know that the movie's going to be made. So yeah, right. they sign on Tana Hesey, um, but. Ryan Coogler to take that and then on that bigger stage where it's easy to imagine that, you know, Marvel and D- Disney could have wanted to get their 
their fingers in on that. Like, oh, maybe you want to do this, maybe you want right, to do right, that. Right, right, right. It's telling that they pretty much had hands off of him and uh, uh, Cole, the, the other uh, screenwriter, to kind of like create the world and the film that they wanted to create. You right. Know? Um, and Ryan Coogler spoke about how much, as, as much as he wanted to big up Black Panther, he also wanted to make sure that Black Panther was surrounded by truly strong women. I mean... And if people are speaking about anything coming out of this movie, they are speaking about the numerous... I mean, this film alone has like quadrupled the number of black women in a women period in superhero films of, of the last 20 years. And each and every one of these characters could have their own film. Them damn Dora Milaje. Oh my God. From the most, first of all, first of all, Danae Guerrero is, 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 is the morning sun. Wow. Oh my God! Yeah, like I think it is a testament to Chadwick Boseman that you don't forget he's on the screen when she's there. And there are times that you do. She is a she is beautiful. She is funny. She is powerful. Yeah, and she embodies a character that you believe is in charge. Mm-hmm. Of this amazing group of women. Yes. And more importantly, you believe that she is serving Wakanda. Maybe the most noble person in the film. To a degree, yes. Yeah, you know? Because, you know, she's... Like T'Challa is his father's son. Mm -hmm. You know, other people are talking, you know, I serve the throne. Yeah. This is bigger than T'Challa. This is bigger than, you know... Right. She, you know, she doesn't agree with what's happening. No. But she's going to, somebody's got to hold their place, stand up for the country. Yeah. It's me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, she she crushes them. She is fierce. Oh, yeah. She is a force of nature. Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. And it could have been so easy for her to kind of like, if she had just dialed in Michonne. Right, right. This, everybody would have been like, "Hey, right." She because she's doing what you know, what we expected. Right, but but no, there's so many. It's so much more. There's humor, a whole lot of humor. There's warmth. Mm-hmm. There's you, you know, I, and a lot more athleticism that she gets to show. As much. Yeah, yeah. I love her relationship with T'Challa. Mm-hmm. You know, I love her relationship. You know, you don't see a lot of it with her with with her um. With her with boyfriend, her, lover, you know. Well, how we, I th- believe it's her husband. Her husband. Oh, I didn't yeah. even know they were yeah, married. Okay, I believe it's her husband. You know, played by Daniel Kaluuya. Right. Kalu Kaluuya. Okay. Yes. I'll drink we'll go that. with that. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Yeah. Um. Letitia Wright as Sherry. Oh, another man. breakout. Oh man! Oh man! Look! Look! I've been <laughs> I've been going on about this for forever. There is a little scene. I mentioned it on uh, on a, another podcast, but I'll mention it here. There's a scene where she has to go running and chasing a mannequin that has just been kicked across the room. <laughs> yes. And there's something about the way she scampers after that mannequin that is so truly childlike. Yeah. 
Yeah. Especially considering that this is the the technological genius yeah. who, for all intents and purposes, has created the marvel that is Wakanda's technological prowess. Yeah. You know, in 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 weapons and in technology and in medicine. She that it, it all stems from her. Right. But then to see her still just scamper like a little kid after like, hey, you kicked my little man. It's that just keeps like it's a it's like a gift that just keeps rerunning in my head and bringing me so much joy. I mean, I think Shuri is the living embodiment of what Wakanda has. Because, you know, one thing that I did read that has stayed with me and all the stuff that I've read, everything, you know, everybody's a million think pieces on this. One of the things that has stayed with me is that part of the reason that Wakanda is this miraculous wonderland Mm -hmm. is because this is a place where every citizen is able to be their optimal selves. Right. You know, right. there is no sexism as far as we can see. Right. You, you know, there is no there are no isms mm-hmm. like they've never been colonized. You know, you don't have everything with all of that so that these like the whole populace is able to be their optimal selves. Right. And when everyone is allowed to be their optimal selves, this is what you get. Yeah. You know, I think it's noteworthy that Shuri does not leave Wakanda until the end of the film. Right. Physically. You know, she doesn't leave Wakanda. She is a child of Wakanda. Yeah, and you would have thought, especially because she's younger, yeah. that she might have been like, you know, bristling a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh no, she she's good. And everybody is good. Everybody is good. Life is good in Wakanda. Life is good in Wakanda. And I think what it comes down to, sort of the the, the central kind of real um conflict in this film. What is the price of paradise? Exactly. You know, what is the price that you're willing to pay? And if you pay this price, is it still paradise? Mm-hmm. And, and you, you know, you're talking, it's something you actually said when we did the um, binge lounge about it was more than you thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think this really complicated conversation about what do we do to protect this? Mm-hmm is one that is at the heart of this film. You, you know, I thought, you, you know, one of the, the great swerves that got me is that, again, we're comic people, and in the comic books, Black Panther's Joker is Claw. Right. So you assume that Claw is going to be the big bad. Yes, or at least ultimately play a part throughout the film. Right. Like I really thought, you know, maybe the Killmonger they were going to set him up for the sequel. Mm. But but you know, Claw's the one, you know, in the comics, he's the one who kills T'Chaka. He's the one like he really is the big bad. So when he's you know, taken care of almost offhandedly. Yeah. And Killmonger takes this role. Mm-hmm. And you get this this conversation about Wakanda and you find out that you know Killmonger is his cousin and 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 Killmonger and and T'Challa's fathers were brothers yep and T'Challa's father T'Chaka killed him and you you know part of the reason he killed him is that he disagreed with what he was saying you know he wanted Wakanda to help people across the world and 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 T'Chaka basically said, we have to protect Wakanda. We have to keep Wakanda, Wakanda. And 
you have Killmonger sort of embodying this argument to a degree that that y- you can't just sit here in your paradise while people are suffering. Funnily enough, and it's 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 you know you can you can always tell a lot about people by their arguments. I'm fascinated by people that are Killmonger, Killmonger, Killmonger said this, Killmonger said this, and they don't and they don't acknowledge that Nakia actually said that from the very beginning. She said as the well. same thing, right? Like first, like first off, like this is actually Nakia's argument, exactly. But we you know Killmonger is Michael B. Jordan, and he's got like thirty pounds of muscle on him, and yeah, and he's know. talking about you know. He's talking about weaponizing, and he's talking about he's weaponizing. talking about you know reigniting a revolution, right? Whereas what uh, Nakia Lapina Wanga's uh, yeah uh, character is, is speaking of, because she has been a spy and has been out there in the, in the sure. world, um, she is talking about sharing. You know, right. you hold on to your gifts, you hold on to your paradise by sharing it. Exactly. That it, that's the lesson. Exactly. That's and, and and it's a it's 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 not hard to imagine that it's a hard lesson for T'Challa to learn. Sure. His twenty first sensibilities are telling him that that's right. Yet his the history of his people right is telling him that it's you know no to stay the course. And you know and frankly the history of black people with Europeans. Like this is not like like you very much understand the instinct to not enter into this world stage because the history of history is that when African people did this, we got screwed. True. However, and this is the Nakia's point, um, that is true when you see the animation in the beginning and you see the history of Wakanda and you see Wakanda kind of like standing by while other African countries are, you know, like like raped for slaves and being right. led to ships while Wakanda is kind of like standing by watching them like, oh, damn, slaves, Sorry. minerals, right. You know what I mean? Everything. And, and, and you have to imagine that at that point, Wakanda probably maybe a little bit of, of you know, doing better than the other countries probably weren't at the point where they are now. Sure. And you have to imagine that where they are now, 21st century, they've probably been for a good minute. Yeah. So within that time, the argument could have been made, especially around the time of when uh, Chachaka's brother is going out into the world, that I think we would kind of be safe we could hold our own if they tried to jerk us over. Right. Let's try and uh, do something. And if not for the Europeans, for our people. Right. You know, for for the descendants of our brother man right. from our motherland. Right. You know what I mean? So, and, and that is a viable argument. You don't want to, you don't want to weaponize it. That's Killmonger's problem. That's And that's his, and that's his anger speaking. Right. And regardless of how uh, righteous you feel that his anger is you can't be ruled by that right you know thus which is why he is he was destined not to be a king he was destined to be nothing but a conqueror right uh, um but it is it it's that's the argument that really resonates it's just more you know uh, it's, it's just more loudly demonstrative in Killmonger with his cuts all over his body and like right. you said is all his muscle and fire and fury. Well, and and I think a lot of it is 
because even more than anger in Killmonger, what I got from Killmonger is just pain. True. Like, like I think you look at him from the very beginning, and this is someone, and and you know, we we've talked about it before. You know, something that um, Mark Lamont Hill said on on the panel. You know, talking about white interruption mm-hmm. of our lives, and there 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 are scenes. You, you know, the two scenes. Well, there are three. There are really three big Killmonger scenes for me. But the one I'm thinking about at this exact second, you have these wonderful scenes where T'Challa and Killmonger take the heart-shaped herb and they get to go and see the ancestors. Yeah. And T'Challa, who is a child of Wakanda, sees his father. But if you look in the trees, and then in the second time he goes, they actually take human form, there's, there's a dozen people there. Mm-hmm. So that the implication is that he is connected to his ancestry all the way back. Right. Whereas when Killmonger has his vision, if you look out the windows, you can see that same landscape, but he's trapped inside that apartment. That, that Oakland apartment. That Oakland apartment where his father died, where what I got from that is that that, that is actually a metaphor of the interruption. Mm. And the only, because remember, they're cousins. Yeah. So they have the same ancestors. Right. So but the I, only I, ancestor I, that he can see is his father. Right. Because he never had a connection. In fact, if you remember for a split second, he becomes that little boy. Yes. In yes. in in the vision. So that he's angry, but it's the anger that comes from this immense pain. And and it's something that you just said, like, let's 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 you know let's let's be very clear. Killmonger won revolution. Like you know, you hear people, oh, he's gonna send the the, the 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 vibranium spears to the uprising. But Killmonger won uprising, nothing. Yeah. Killmonger told you what he was there to do. Yep. Burn it down. Yep. We don't need no heart shaped herb. You don't have to worry about no king besides me. Killmonger kills everybody he comes in contact with. Like like I've I don't really understand people taking Killmonger at his word. When Killmonger lies the entire film, and and you know they took he says he's ours, um, Ross says he's ours. This is what we taught him to do. Yeah, that's this true. is how he was trained. Like he's a CIA agent. He destabilizes governments. Like that's what he does. So you know this sentiment that Killmonger the character is this great revolutionary. I would humbly submit is a misreading of the character. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's easy to get very excited about him. and this, But if you actually look at the film itself, there's nothing about his actions that say that this is somebody who's actually trying to have revolution. Yeah. There's one thing that, that has bothered me as I, you know, keep contemplating on the film is that outside of his battle with uh, Black Panther, mm-hmm. a lot of the violence that you see him, you know, administer in this film is towards women. Towards women, absolutely. Like uh, he he kills his girlfriend, yeah, so that he can get to Claw. Yeah, he 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 like chokes up. The the the, the chokes lady, out the elder, the elder with with the herbs. Yeah, uh, he kills one of the Dora Milaje, whom he's fighting all of them. He yeah. doesn't go into battle 
against uh, T'Challa. Uh, he stays there and is fighting at the door of Malaysia. Now, yeah. m- mind you, they they take him. Sure, there. sure. But still, you know. And I, I, I agree, and I think that's very, very significant. And yeah. and I think when you parallel these two characters, like you know, it's, it's like you know, it's like that cool ass commercial where you know where where you know Okoye. Okoye. Okoye says, you know, you know, oh, you go to, but don't freeze. And with that cool ass commercial, he says, I never freeze. And he goes down and they play the Black Panther music. And we said, oh, Black Panther! (laughs) But then he goes down there and he sees Nakia. And he freezes. And he freezes. Yeah, well, because he loves, but, but I'm saying that there's this. That that T'Challa, whether you're talking about his relationship with the Dora Milaje, whether you're talking about his relationship with his sister, mm-hmm. whether you're talking about his relationship with his mother. Yeah, Angela Bassett. This is a man who values and understands these relationships. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it is too much of a stretch to say that part of this pain and hurt and tragedy of Killmonger is that he doesn't have that. I mean, here's something. His father was the prince. What do we know about his mother? He, You know, his mother is an American. Where is she? Like, there's no mention of his mother. No, there's not. No. You know, his mother is almost this Mm non-entity. And I think that's important. And I think you're right. I think you see this pattern of violence towards women that he embodies that that you know again and and i actually posted like something on my like let me be very clear i don't see him as a stand-in for black nationalism because in my mind black nationalism is better than killmonger yeah you know yeah Yeah, it's certainly is of a higher mind as a higher value system right and he's exuding at all right and i think part of the reason he's like that again if, if if he is a this sort of um this sort of symbol of of our hurt and mm-hmm. our interruption i mean part of it is he he's a fatherless child yeah there's a lot of you know, he, child right there, he's you know. a fatherless child you know you, you know the film apparently has his mother as a non entity right so that he's still that little boy yeah. So that when he sees, you know, he thinks of this stuff, he, you know, it's the guns and, and the weaponry and the weapons. And, and that's, you know, in my mind, the most radical thing the Black Panther Party did was the free lunch program. <laughs> you know? True. So. Truth. But I think it is a testament to Michael B. Jordan and the script and the story that we are having this debate. I think it is definitely uh, a testament to the script. We've talked about the script, but to Michael B. Jordan, who in one film has already created, as far as in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if not their most uh, charismatic and captivating villain in a long since Loki. I right. think Loki. I think Loki is the only one you could even say on a, on on any type of level is close to Mike, what Michael B. Jordan. Oh to. yeah, and he may even surpass Loki in that Loki, you know, as good as he is in the Avengers, he's pretty much one note. 
Right. You know, Loki is pretty much one note. You're you're just waiting for the for the for the turn. For I've the never understood cross. the whole Loki thing. Like I go along with people about it. And I, I think go, it's because you can see Tom uh, Tom Hiddleston uh, yeah. having fun. Right. Right. So yeah, I I, I I can see that. And he's a trickster, and he's having he's having a ball. Right. He's just waiting for the trick. You right. Know? With Killmonger, you didn't know where it was going. You, I mean, you know, you knew he, you knew he was he was ruthless. You knew he was evil. You knew he was no joke. Yet. Um, once he got the throne, you were like, I don't know what are we gonna do with this. And again, he makes good arguments. Yeah, like whether you know, I don't think he represents what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Like I actually think he's lying all the the whole time he opens his mouth. But he makes good arguments. He knows I mean, how to kick that game. He he knows how to kick that game, especially when that game is based in truth. Now here's the thing, though. As much as we are going on and caping up for Michael B. Jordan and he is worthy to be praised. Yes. What does that mean for Chadwick Boseman's portrayal of Black Panther and T'Challa in this? Definitely a more nuanced performance. Right. In this film, uh, it's called for. So he's, yeah, not oh yeah. doing, he's not doing what's not, you know, what he's he's only doing what he's being asked right. to do. Uh, and I think he does it very well yeah but there are people that say because it's almost like the christian bale uh uh now i'm drawing a blank on the the joker in dark knight uh heath ledger heath ledger it's it's almost like christian bale sometimes like paled alongside heath ledger right you know because they, they were so magnetic a character um, do you do you find that there was a little bit of that in this film? Because I actually didn't. I, I actually like what Chadwick. I, was doing. I think, I think in in some ways the commercials, the trailers, and the fact that it's a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. kind of set up some expectations, and they were doing something different. Okay, I think he was very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. I think T'Challa was amazingly thoughtful. I think it, it's it was a quiet performance, yeah. but like you said, I, th- I think it's a performance that called for quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, this is somebody grappling with the death. I mean, you, you know, people kind of throw this word around, but I think it's apt. It's very Shakespearean. Like he's dealing with the death of his father. He's dealing with the expectations of the throne. He's he's not only is he dealing with the death of his father, it, it is the sins of the father visited upon the son. Yeah. So Chadwick Bozeman is operating on that level. So right. that, you know, Michael B. Jordan's performance is just an open nerve ending. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like you can just it just throbs yes. off the Exposed screen. Nerve. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and Chadwick Boseman's performance is the other end. But at the same time, I think he I believed him as a king. You yes. know, much like I said, um I believe Danae Guerrero's performance as somebody who would be in charge of these magnificent women. Mm-hmm. I believe Chadwick Boseman as a character that she would defer to. Yes. You know, I think the, the sort of pain and betrayal that comes again from his father was, was, was absolutely there. You talked about your favorite Shuri moment. My favorite Shuri moment is, is, you know, I'm just going to go back to the beginning. T'Challa and Shuri giving each other dap and then (laughs) doing the, the Wakanda is, is that it is, like we were talking about the whiz and just the whiz being black joy. 
Mm-hmm. I have so much joy from that. And I think that that scene with the two of them together where he doesn't have to be the king. He can just be a big brother. He's just a big brother. That's true. I think they have this wonderful chemistry. Delete that type. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I love Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, I, I, I really loved did. him in that. And I also thought that the his portrayal was the same portrayal that you saw in his premiere. Right. His debut in Captain America Civil War. And you could say that you know, him being more quiet and nuanced there made him stand out against all the bombast in that film. Right. You know, well, it's the same here. One, this film has to introduce, it has to introduce Wakanda. Right. You have to believe this world. You have to be invested in all of the characters in this world. You have to be invested in the history. Right. You have to be invested in the pageantry, in the rules of the land. Right. They have to make sense to you. You have to, you have to feel that, that, they have to make sense to you and you have to feel their importance to the characters so that when T'Challa is challenged for his throne in the beginning, you <laughs> get a sense where it's coming from so that when they play, pay it back, uh, uh, pay off on that with Killmonger showing up, it resonates with you. Right. You know, when they pay off on it a third time, when they go to see Umbaku, mm, you know, we have not mentioned who... <laughs> Oh man, you want to talk? You want to talk about a scene stealer? <laughs> oh my god! The, the other Ooh. scene that keeps going in my head when he gives the world's largest yawn when they after this very touching moment, he's like, ah, "Are you done, Winston Duke? Welcome to our world." Oh my god, man! He was the he was fantastic. He was. Absolutely, he was fantastic. Spot on, and that that was a that was a role that could have gone left big time. You know, never mind that they were smart not to give him, you know, give him his comic book name. Yes, folks, in the comic books, his name is Man Ape. Yes, and he wears an ape head on top of his head. Yes, a white ape, a white ape head. We should mention is is comics are tough. It Comics is. can be tough. Yeah, and they tried to give you like a little iteration of it. Right, when right, he right. Comes down for the for the fight because he's got the mask. Yeah, on but that's a, that was a bad. It wasn't nothing funny about that mask. Oh no! Oh no! 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 <laughs> yeah. No! 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 This was not a John Romita drawing. Yeah. No. But along those lines, I think I like the fact that this whole argument about being isolationist mm-hmm. versus going out into the world was an issue within the kingdom as well. Yeah. Like when when Mbaku said, you're the first king to be here in however many years. It's like, oh, yeah, so this this really is a country with challenges. Yeah, they still got their stuff. They still have their stuff, which I think made it more realistic and made it more interesting. Very much so. So, you know, no, they're not going to Oakland, but. Hell, they don't even go to the whole all of Wakanda. Exactly. Like, you're talking about coming to Oakland, they don't go on all the parts of Wakanda. <laughs> That's a good point. So, you know. That is a good point. It, it is, it, but I like, because it made it feel real. Yeah. You know, it made it feel like a real place. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and it made Wakanda feel that much larger as well. Yeah. As opposed to just like, you know, oh, it's just a city in a bubble. No. Right, right. This is a country. It's a country. On a big ass continent. Yeah. 
Yeah, real so, deal. So real you know, song. you no, know, you don't have to be in New York. You don't have to be in LA. I love that too. Mm-hmm. Like again, I love how this film centers blackness figuratively literally geographically mm-hmm. like this is a film about blackness yeah and and again this sort of conversation how do you like the idea of them setting the the home of the wakandan uh i guess embassy mm-hmm. for for the for center for cultural exchange right in oakland the birthplace of the Black of Panther the actual Party. Black Panther Party, which you know, no, no, no. I mean, the birthplace of Ryan Coogler as well. Amen. I think well, I will say this. I will say this. You, you know, you hear people, and I know people. I think I think my wife is one of the people that they talk about that there are parts of this film where they teared up. Uh, I thought you were going to say your wife said she was tired of working with colonizers. <laughs> She didn't say that. No, no, she didn't say that. If she said that, I sure, I certainly wouldn't say it somewhere recorded. But <laughs> <laughs> I think there are there are parts of this film that have affected people very emotionally for a lot of reasons. And the part that got me the second time, I think, because you know, I think the first time, like, this is a film you have to see at least twice, yeah, and probably yeah. more, because I think the first time is just it, it's 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 really just too much. Like, it's just overwhelming the first time you see it. But the second time at the end, when they set up the center, and I'm actually a little, little right now thinking about it. Like, when the little brother comes up to T'Challa, like the little 12-year-old, and he says, who are you? And T'Challa has, like, just a little smile. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Coogler has talked about, in some ways, that's a callback to the end of the first Iron Man. Yep. Where Tony Stark says, I am Iron Man. Yes. But in this film that, you know, now you've watched two hours, you know, almost two and a half hours about fathers and sons and, and about lineage and and about what you can do when you know possibilities. Mm-hmm. To see that little black boy say to this king, yeah. Who are you? And T'Challa gives a little smile because T'Challa knows that this, like, just is, is going to change everything for this boy. Yeah. Like, it's going to change everything. Yeah. And I love that. Like, I love them setting it up there. I love that this was the outreach. I love mm-hmm. that, you you know, again, I, I, I and I, I do, I, I think Killmonger was an amazingly flawed character. Right. But I think Killmonger's message, along with Nakia, who, again, had been saying it the whole movie, resonated that, you know, not only are we going to open up, but we're going to open up in a very pointed, deliberate way to 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 our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. who we haven't before. And that one little exchange meant everything to me. Like, like I love that. I love So I love that. I actually love that scene because... You know, it was the truth about youth that for all the kids that get excited about the bright and shiny things, the the Bugatti spaceship that has just <laughs> landed on their basketball court, there's always that one other boy that one is take, sitting back and taking it all in. Right. Taking it like what's going on here. But then in doing so, takes of the the entire scenario sees T'Challa and realizes there's something different about him. 
Right. He could just tell by the way T'Challa's. I mean, T'Challa's not standing there like he's not dressed like he's from Zamunda. Right. With like you know a lion's head draped around his around his suit, which you is know? how I would dress all the time if I was in charge. But yes, that's why I don't yes. get to be the king. No, that's that's how you shower. <laughs> um, but but he's not. I mean, he's got a nice suit. Right. On, right. 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 But. He, he, there's nothing super extra special about him, but there's just something about his stance. There's something about his demeanor that that young boy notices. Right. Not only does he notice compete that that spaceship belongs to him, but you are something different too. Who are you? Yeah. It'd be nice to have that spaceship, but I want to be the person that bought the spaceship. Right. Who are you? Who are you? And that's what I re- I really like what that said. Yeah, about that you know, that whole situation, man. And it's it's reflective in real life. Like like you you know you see these stories and 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 you, like you see these kids and and you know I don't think I don't think I mean frankly white people understand how powerful it is to see these images mm-hmm. for kids. Yeah. And and, you you know, and, and to see these to see these people and, you know, like the day after my daughter wanted to do her hair like Shuri. Right. And and what all this means mm-hmm. so that, again, that final scene with the boy to see that happening in the real world mm-hmm. is 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 amazing to me. And I've heard some people say, you know, for people to be caping up as hard for Black Panther as they are. They say maybe does uh, as far as the black superhero realm, are what did, what what are they saying about the black superhero movies that have preceded it, such as Blade or um, Blank Man or uh, yeah, why why are we Meteor Man? Yeah, I don't I don't you know I don't think it but to me I don't think it does a disservice to any of those you know I'm... but. I do, but Why I. Why the hell am I talking about blank man when we talk about the black? Like you know what these? I'm trying well, my the, best. There are people. That I, yes, I know there are people, and I'm doing my best to pay, to stay positive. But you know, it's some people. It is some people. You couldn't. You can't get them a glass of ice water without them complaining about how many pieces of ice it is in it. Sit your ass down and let other people be happy. Look at the camera when you say that, Vince. Sit your ass down. <laughs> And let uh, you don't want you don't you don't want to be a part of this. God knows Vince ain't forcing nobody to go to no parties, but j- just sit down somewhere. Like it's all, somebody always got to show that they deeper than everybody else. And and then okay, I'm not even gonna go on my rant, but you know, had these people talking about kill my like. I feel like did you watch the damn movie? Like did you actually see the movie? You talking about this stuff? So. Yeah, yeah. I don't even. I don't even want to talk about them people. I don't even want to talk about them people. You got twelve different podcasts. You talk about them people on another <laughs> podcast. This is what I think. If your dumb ass wants to talk about Blade and Blank Man in the middle of the Black Panther conversation, go talk to Lynn somewhere else. About <laughs> some damn Blank Man. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you talking about the Black Panther? What about Akbar, the Black Superman in 1976? You ain't talking about him. Oh, Lord Jesus. You know what? I love black people so much. Like, I love black people 
like to my bones. I'm so confident and secure in my love of black people that I feel perfectly fine saying that sometimes black people get on my fucking nerves. <laughs> oh Lord! Hey, what, what, what about the? What about the? What about the? And then the what? About, shut up! Shut up. Oh, my God. Shut up. Now, 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 wait a minute. I do want to say something about the whole Disney thing. But but listen to what I want to say. Yes. 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 I think that as much as people want to say that, you know, Disney is only going to be but so much of the great change and everything like that. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. I do think like it's so many straw men in these arguments. It's a fire hazard. I do think that it's very interesting. You act like this going free black people. For who said that? I do think that it's very interesting. Gonna give out fish dinners the way you talk about it, and, and very refreshing actually. That at least in the movies that I've gone to, yes. The last two films that I have seen that have been set in what they say is Africa, one actually and one in a fictional realm in Africa. Yes. Have both done the depictions um, great service. Black Panther and Queen, Queen of, of Queen Catwell. Of Cat- well, yeah. Which, How about that? Which shows Africa... In its truisms, yeah. It's, it, it's, it, it, well, I'm not going to say in its true. It, that part of Africa, in in its truisms, it, it's a very poor uh, part of Africa that it depicts. But even within there, that movie is still about showing the joy of yes. those people in that circumstance. Yes, you know, um, and they do it. Um, great justice and both of these films one on a lower scale and this one on a grand scale are both Walt Disney productions yes so I think that as much as people want to come down on them about that you know there there are those two films both helmed by um, a people of color yes cast uh, beautiful um, uh, films original tales um, one based on a, re- a true story, one based on a true comic book. Right. That um, do their stories great service, right? Um, great justice, and are very captivating pieces of cinema that Disney should be celebrated for. Yes, and let's be clear: if this one make like like I'm like Disney is is all about the color green, like true that. all businesses, true that. So you know, but that doesn't negate the fact that everything that we've just said and, and the importance of this and this the cultural artistic moment, value the artistic and, and the cultural value of, yes you know the cultural value both of those and, and you know yes and, and and let's face it let's face it you know black panther yeah it's shooting the moon it's, it's making it's going to make all the dough all the money at the end of sunday this movie in two weeks will have grossed a billion dollars worldwide how insane is that queen of catway was a very smaller film. Yes, it was. With a very uh, limited budget and a very limited release. Yes. It's not 
hard to imagine that as far as Disney was concerned, they already knew that this was going to be a lost leader right. for them. Yet they still celebrated it. They yeah. still put it out there. Yeah. They still did a, a fair amount of marketing for right. that smaller film. Right. Um, they put their money behind put money behind it. Um, so it's about the green, but they they put money behind that. So I, you know, I just you know give them give them some props. Right, right, That's right. All I want to say absolutely. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else? We can- I'm angry at you that I, I went like almost an hour and a half, and I was positive and I was good, and you you poked and prodded me. I didn't. I didn't think I was poking pride in you. Yes, you did. You I, knew when you brought up blank man. You knew when you brought up blank man. Well, actually, you didn't. You didn't even let me say um, uh, steal. Yeah, see, that's, that's where I was. That's what I was trying not like, to say. It's like you hit it. It's like you like. You ever you ever like see people sometimes and you like run the numbers in your head? Like if I punch them in the throat. Then what happens? But you think about it, like you actually think about, okay, all right, I want to punch you in the throat. <laughs> now then, if I punch you in the throat, then what happens? Oh, I can't stand a contrary person just to be contrary. And this is somebody who is angry at most things most of the time. Yeah, they, y'all don't know. So for me, he's always angry. It's like I hear these people talking, and it's like, like who hurt you? <laughs> like who hurt you? Because it's like your one instinct is you want to punch him in the throat, but then your next instinct is you just want to hug him. True. Like who hurt you? That there's yeah. no joy in your life. Very true. Like you see these kids. Like have you seen these kids? Have you seen the kids talking about Black Panther? Yes. I don't know how that doesn't bring you joy. It's so they they love it. Like I don't know how you don't see these little girls mm-hmm. doing Dora Milaje stuff, throwing spears around. I don't know how you don't see that commercial with that little brother with the little Black mask Panther on. mask. Yeah. On. You know, you and I are old enough to remember that. You know, it wasn't always like this. Ooh. Ooh. You know, Ooh. you know. Ooh, don't let us break out our falcon. Dog. You also, the the black superhero, <laughs> the falcon, the, the falcon. black superhero, and he had like the backdrop with the graffiti. Hey, wait a minute! Tell him about the hands. The hands. That's right. So, so Miko, a little bit, a little bit of toy little, history you go. for you. We're gonna tell you how far we've come. So, Miko had made different action figures for different types of lines and, and they had licenses and one of the licenses they had was for the film series Planet of the, the Apes. Planet of the Apes. And Migo was notoriously cheap when they made their action figures. So much so that they they well, you reuse parts. They reuse parts. And if you look at the Falcon action figure and you look at its brown hands, you can actually see the fur on the back of the hand because they're Planet of the Ape hands. That they used on the black superhero. Falcon. The Falcon. The black superhero. <laughs> so, you know, you, you see his little brother and he's wearing and then his little sister. Captain America with his amazing shield. The invincible Iron Man. And Falcon, the black superhero. <laughs> True commercial. It on television. Google it. 
Google it. It has been tough being a black nerd for many, many years. Yeah. So give us a give us our moment. Yes. So. So yeah, Black Panther. Yeah. So yes. Uh, so would you recommend that people? I think they've seen it. I mean, again, I mean, if you just got out of prison, welcome back to the world. Somebody should probably explain to you how smartphones work before you get into some situations. But <laughs> absolutely go see the. I mean, it's got to be weird getting out of prison and seeing smartphones. Okay. Or, or like Uber Eats. <laughs> like, how do you explain Uber Eats to somebody who. Smartphones to Uber I'm just Eats. saying things that if you had been in prison and you come out and you see things and you know. First of all, the guys in prison, they're on Facebook. Right, how about that? They they they, they got that? active social media. There you go. There lives. I go. There I go. Are you watching Love After Lockup? No, I'm not watching. My Love cousin after got me Lockup. on it. It's it's crazy. It sounds crazy. Love After Lockup. It's Lockup? about it's about people who date people who were in prison. Well, I know a lot of people that do that. <laughs> right, but it it is it's kind of fascinating. That's called the corner of Mustang. That's called the corner of. <sighs> oh, that's terrible. Yes, I would very much recommend. I would wholeheartedly recommend. Wholeheartedly recommend. And if you've Panther. seen it once, you need to see it again because you miss stuff. Yeah. Take your friend. Take your family. I know someone taking their mother this week. You know what? It's so funny. I was talking to um, two of my friends, and they talked about their parents went and, they, and their grandparents went and how they wanted to go. Mm. Like, you know, it has gotten to this point where it is, again, this cultural moment. Yeah. That people want to be a part of. Yeah. That, you know, it's it's amazing. And you want to celebrate it on the big screen. And you want to celebrate it on the, on the big on screen. The you don't want to see it on the small screen. Through your fire stick. Right. And you know exactly who I'm talking to. Right. And Cut it out. Right. Go spend a little dollars. Go get that. I mean, I know you're going to say, like, they already got all the dollars. Right. Uh, yo. But you should see it in, in a communal space. You should. You should. You should see it in like a communal, this in the communal space. space. It really seeing is. Seeing this with everybody just celebrate, you know, the, all the beauty and the pageantry. Again, these images of, of blackness. We've been saying it since the first trailer. I've never seen. I mean, you know, maybe Doors of the Dust. Yeah. Like we talked about Doors of the Dust, but like this this very specific type of image of black beauty. Mm -hmm. I've I've never seen it. Yeah. I heard somebody say that they saw this and they said, like, I don't see what everybody's talking about the visuals. Like, it looks like just any old regular Marvel movie. See? See? You just. See? You know what? You don't know. Did you think about punch him in the throat? (laughs) I wasn't. I read it. Okay. Otherwise, I might have punched him in the throat. Well, you, no, no, no. Ooh, yeah, I'm not telling nobody to punch nobody in the throat. Just think about it. Think about it and then think of the repercussions. And what you should probably do is hug them real hard. Killmonger will punch him in the throat. Nakia would hug them and tell him, come on home. Nakia was a spy. She'd steal their wallet. <laughs> hey, don't say that. I ain't say their ID. So, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what do we need to do? Oh, a little bit of uh, um, business. Yes. Last week we announced that our screening of The Wiz was going to be on March 10th. That was wrong. Is it? Yeah. It, I, I was totally wrong. Um, I'm getting old and I need to write stuff down. It is actually not March 10th, it's not till April. It's going to be April 7th. Really? Oh, April 7th. Folks, I'm learning about this in real time myself. I don't know. Is April, 7th? April 7th, we will be screening The Wiz and Harlem Nights at 
Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. Uh, Ariel Johnson said, uh, Lynn, March 10th is wrong. So she, she corrected me. Um, uh, so we'll be doing that in April. All right. And next week, we kick off our month of the Women of Word Radio. Oh, very nice. WURD radio nice. station, uh, 90.1 AM here in in Philadelphia. We're going to be talking with um, different women from Word Radio. And we're going to be starting with Stephanie Renee. Wow. So vibe mistress herself. So we are starting out right out the box. Yes. yes. I've never met Stephanie Renee, and I'm a big fan of Stephanie Renee. Oh, you have not? I don't think I – maybe I have, but, like, not for me to say, like, hey, Stephanie, right. without her thinking I'm a weirdo. So I'm looking forward to that. She is cool people. However, she is not yet – uh, 100% decided landed on a movie that she wants to review so I can't let you know Lethal Weapon 2 I'll let her know that that's <laughs> okay Vince alright that's right the magic is back Jesus <laughs> so yeah that'll kick off next week uh, ladies and gentlemen and um, hey this summer we're going to do listener request again. So get all your listener requests of films for us to review over the summer um, because we're going to start stockpiling them all up and review them all. We've got a lot of fun coming to you um, for, uh, for the next couple of months coming your way. And one last little bit of news. One last little bit Thanks of news. Thanks to our new podcast home or yes. Podglomerate. Podglomerate Network. Uh, they have actually, in talking to us, have you know made me and Vince decide that our Star Trek show, Spock yeah. Adjacent, needs to have its own podcast home. Mm. So we will be moving all of our Spock Adjacent shows onto its own separate uh, uh, feed that yes. you can uh, uh, subscribe to and download. And I'm Figuring probably like around May, Spock Adjacent will become a new monthly show here on uh, brought to you by the people of yes, the Michelle yes, Mission. From the Michelle Mission Stronghold. Yeah, there you go. So in May, it'll, it'll go monthly. Right. And it'll start weekly again when Discovery starts back. Yes. But it'll be monthly up until then. All right. I watched the, I watched the first episode of Orville. I think I mentioned that. Did I mention that? You didn't. Because I, I, I didn't know you were doing Orville. I, I, it, it was, I was sitting around. I was like, How let was me it? punch it up. It wasn't bad, but I've heard so many. <laughs> I, but I've heard so many people tell me that you've got to watch to like the third episode, right? So I'm I'm gonna get to, to the. But I just Seth. Yeah, McFarlane about to say a little Seth MacFarlane goes a long a way with long me. Long way, and it, you know it it it's very much like. Family Guy in space, so I'm I'm trying to give it to the third episode. Yeah, yeah, white boy, frat boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm I'm gonna give it to the third episode. All right, all right. So all we'll right. see. We'll see. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right. I hope you've enjoyed this very yes. special Facebook Live edition of the Michelle Mission. Mad love to Jasmine Carroll. Yes. Our. You want to uh, show yourself? You want to show? Not gonna show yourself. She's not gonna show herself. Not gonna show yourself. That's fine. All right. We just went all Star Trek. Nobody needs to see her in that uh, abomination Star Wars shirt that she have on. So, uh, mad props to her for uh, manning the Facebook camera. In your face. That's what she (laughs) gets. 
<laughs> got her. Uh, <laughs> got her. Got her. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, I hope you've enjoyed this. Email yes. us at michellemission at gmail.com, all your feedback, and you can like, follow us, and uh, love us on, <laughs> on Twitter, Instagram, yes. and Facebook. And join the Facebook group, Michelle Mission. Absolutely. Where we have a whole bucket of fun. Zero throat punching. And I think next week our lapel pins will be in. Oh, la di da. Oh, I can't wait. And who did do? Who did do? All right, ladies and gentlemen. He's Vince. <laughs> I'm Len. In parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>